got to go quickly. It's a draw. It's a draw. And then she gets it back. Oh, oh you're kidding me. And the Sunshine Coast Lightning have achieved the unthinkable. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Inner Circle Podcast, the grand final podcast for this season. We're very excited, Bianca Chatfield and Sherelle McMahon with you. Um, before we get on to things, Bianca, it is, this is this podcast will be the first time we've got a repeat guest on. Yes. So you have to be a very special person to get a call back <laughs> here because we've got a lot of really amazing guests to work through. So the coach of the Australian Diamonds, Lisa Alexander, is going to be joining us a little bit later uh, to take us through her thoughts on the grand final. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah, and when we were thinking about our guest today, we thought it was important to get someone who's neutral, who can yes. see the grand final from a neutral perspective. And I think Lisa's the perfect person for that because she'll be keeping a very very close eye on every single player that's out there. Maybe not the international. I was going to say she's she's <laughs> all the Australians. She's out neutral there. from a club perspective, not yes. from an Australian Diamonds no. perspective. And <laughs> you know, perhaps we'll ask about um, how she feels about that international side of yeah. things again. I mean, I know we know kind of her thoughts on that, but this is a game that'll have probably going on what their normal lineups are. Around about fifty percent of the players will be international players starting out on the court. So. Um, I wonder how much that grates on her still. Yeah. <laughs> probably <a little. laughs> Now, Shirelle, I know you probably don't want to talk about it. But what? we need <laughs> to talk about the prelim final that happened on the weekend. Vixens taking on the Swifts and I guess that demoralising first quarter that you played against the Magpies mm. was just return served <laughs> to you guys from the Swifts last weekend. Uh, from a coach's perspective, you know, how did you – what was your kind of game plan going into that game? And um, I guess where did it slip up for you in that first quarter? Yeah, in terms of where the game plan sat, I mean, we had some pretty clear intentions on how we wanted to play against the Swiss all across the court, of course. Um, I think that there – we we kind of had a feeling that if we could bring what we brought against the Magpies, then it would be challenging for the Swifts to be able to combat that. Um, because I think in that um, semi-final against the Magpies, um, from an attacking perspective, there was a lot of confidence. Yeah. Um, there was some really great space being used. Um, I think what the Swifts did quite well um, in that attack end is just block up that space. Mm. Um, and unfortunately we weren't seeing the different um, options that we could use to bring the ball through court. Um, and the reality with that first quarter is that the Swifts hit us with an intensity that we just weren't able to go with. Yeah. Um, and that is really disappointing um, for the entire group because as I said, we, we felt like we could match it with them, but um, you know, even those first couple of minutes meant that we were in, in catch-up mode. And the thing that the Swifts do incredibly well is play possession and tempo netball incredibly well. Don't they? They're patient. So they patient. Play. And so when there is no scoreboard pressure, and when I say no, there was not no scoreboard pressure, but when that scoreboard pressure isn't there, it's much easier to play that relaxed tempo netball. Um, when we challenged them at different times, we saw that that was more difficult for them to hold that possession game. Um, and But unfortunately, we just weren't able to keep that scoreboard pressure on. So then they just were able to go back into that really patient play. 
and keep hold of the ball. Um, and, you know, one of the stats that I know all of the teams look at very closely and we certainly do is your ability to convert the gain balls that you get. I mean, yeah. you know, in a, in a game where you get 50% of the possession, those are absolutely critical and we just didn't nail it. We yeah. weren't able to bring that ball through and make the most of those opportunities, um, which are tough to get against the Swifts. So uh, before we talk about the Swifts' performance, because we do need to acknowledge that they had a great game, Absolutely. didn't they? they? They were a standout. They're a team that we thought potentially might be losing a little bit of momentum over the last couple of weeks, but they really showed that they could step it up when they needed to. Um, but from a Vixen's perspective, when you lose a game like that, Talk to me through the process afterwards. What happens? Like you, you obviously were in Sydney, you fly home. What happens this week when you thought you could be training and preparing for a grand final? What yeah. happens now? Yes. And let me make it very clear before I go on to that, that I acknowledge the Swiss performance. That's the intensity that they brought and the way they blocked um, what we were doing. They, they played an incredibly good game and it just made it difficult for us to bring our best. Yeah. Um, so post that um, – we were on flights back from Sydney on the Sunday night. So, you know, we were hoping to be he heading into a normal training week. And so that's what we'd had planned um, uh, going into a grand final. But that shifts very quickly once once it doesn't happen. So um, we had originally planned for the players to be in on a review and recovery system on the Tuesday morning. So instead of that being, you know, focused on the Swiss game and then moving forward, it, it kind of extended out more across the, the season. So all the girls have had, I guess if you call it exit interviews, yep. um, uh, some meetings with medical staff as well just to kind of, you know, cover off on, on how they're feeling physically at the end of the season too. Um, and, yeah, so just to give the, the players feedback and to get some of their feelings and thoughts after the season that was. It's always a bit of a crazy time of year when you get into the finals for Super mm. Netball, but then for the next couple of weeks afterwards and months, uh, we know all the teams need to be recruiting for next year. Mm. You have 10 contracted players, which means that you're, you have limited – ability the way you can use players and it's not like at the old days where you'd have 12 there's 10 so you have to be very specific about the players that you want on your list now I'm obviously not going to ask you for the insight into what Vixens are going to do but do, do you think that if you're not in the finals for Super Netball it gives you an advantage in the recruiting process because you can be out there talking to players there are rules around when you can and you can't but there also are ways around those rules whether it's you talk to the manager and the manager talks to the player and then the player talks to the manager and the manager comes back to the club like there are loopholes and every no matter what sport you're in everybody knows that but do you think it is an advantage to those clubs that don't make the finals because they can kind of get onto it and also, I guess, how does the recruiting process work within a club? Yeah, well, the focus is clearly very different. If you, you finish the season and you're not in finals, um, you certainly move on to that next phase of things quicker just because of the nature of that. Um, in terms of the process, um, the way it works at the Vixens, and I assume it's similar at other clubs, is that there is a list management committee uh, that works across the season. So... They certainly don't wait until the end to, to make decisions. They are meeting through the season um, to have a look at what how the athletes are performing both in the club and outside of the club and um, having a look forward to the future as to, to how that needs to be shaped. And um, I know that uh, there are meetings happening around that to continue to shape what the um, 
the 10, as you mentioned before, will look like next year for the Vixens. So um, it's a it's a very in-depth process um, that that, that 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 group goes through um and they look at everything really closely and as you say it's with with only 10 players um the makeup of that needs to be quite specific um around what you need given what other athlete you've got in the group too and how that can be either complemented or offset yeah and it's one of the most stressful times i remember as a player as a captain you're involved in the discussions too and it just puts a it takes a lot of energy Mm. doesn't it to finally get to the point where you're naming year 10 players for the following year and i think it's a really good thing now that they've negotiated in the cba that anyone who is uncontracted for the next season your name is put out on a list Mm -hmm. and so it's very transparent who's not on contract so that you don't have clubs ringing players at a contract for another year you know you don't have to have those discussions and so there is a list out there and there's a couple of like standouts for me that are on the list Amy Parmenta for the Giants Mm. I think she's had a really a a breakout year and she's one to watch she hasn't signed yet or at least um, not as far as I know Sam Pullman is also on the list for the Giants is unsigned Um, Magpies Maddie Brown uh, mm. I'd be interested to see like when you know she'll be right to come back from her ACL injury. Uh, with the Vixens, no shooters signed at the moment, so <laughs> there's some decisions to be made there. Uh, and also, we look into the Swifts. We've got I think Sarah Clow has just re-signed, which is a great get from them because she was on that list and I yes. couldn't believe she was there. Uh, Gemma Maimai for the Firebirds. I really love watching her play. I think she's got still a long way to go, but I think she has really stood up this year and her speed is unbelievable it around is, the isn't court. It is, isn't it? She's so <laughs> athletic. She's she's a really good one to watch. G- brings a great energy. And we see Carla Pretorius and Pumza Mawini have signed for Lightning. Yes. Which that is amazing for them to be able to hold on to that defensive combination because that's, I think, how you recruit too. You, Ideally, it's great to be able to have that strong combination, whether it's down in the attack end, defence end or in the midcourt. If you can keep a combination together over a, free, a few years, you just see that building. And that's the same with Swiss. When we talk about the grand final this weekend, I've absolutely loved seeing Maddie Turner and Sarah Clow and how they can mm. play in that circle together. And they're both just... I mean, they have experience, but they're both still young players, so they could do so much in the future. But I've been really loving their combination. Yeah, definitely. And you're, you're right about those combinations. And, you know, we, we talk about, you mentioned before, it's tough for, for clubs doing um, recruitment work through finals. Well, the Lightning have secured two of the biggest names, really, in the competition. I mean, there was a little bit of talk around Carla Pretorius and, and what she might do after that World Cup Um whether she's got another campaign in her or whether she's moving on to different things. Um, But obviously she's keen to go around for another year and that is exciting, not for goal attacks anywhere across the competition because she is terrifying. (laughs) She is absolutely terrifying. She's not just a fan favourite. It doesn't matter whether you're Barrack for Lightning or not. You want her out there on the court. You want to see her playing and everyone is so excited that she's going to be staying in Super Netball next Uh, year. Yeah, and there's just a way that she goes about it, isn't it? Hmm. There's just something about how she does it that – is is really enjoyable to watch and you just can kind of feel something building when her yeah. ne- team needs something so she is a real a real standout player so um we'll obviously watch that with interest the other selection part that we'll certainly watch with interest is uh the Australian Diamonds yes. and an Australia A team that is being selected to play in the tournament over in New Zealand against England A and a New Zealand A team am I correct in yes, saying I that Yes I believe B? so so um 
there'll be that. I think that's happening next week. So we'll ask Lisa about that as well. Um, I actually like the idea of that. I know if you really want to make the Diamonds team, it could be disappointing to miss the Diamonds and be in the Australian A team. But I think it's a lot less disappointing than the training partner situation that you're not a training partner just hanging around the diamonds, but you actually get to physically go out there and play and you get to put your skills out there on display. You get to build combinations with other probably up and coming players uh, for the diamonds. Um, So I actually really like the concept and I think it's good that there's some extra development going on uh, away from super netball that, you know, there is this competition now that you can play in. Yeah. Um, And it has been, a number of years since that's been around. I remember playing a series against Australia A when we were going into the World Cup way back in 1999. Oh, really? Um, they actually beat us in that series, Australia A, beat the Australian team. I remember the, di- the like Australian team. President's 12. President's 12. That, that, 12 yeah, or something. I think that was – which one was it? I'm not sure. So there yeah. has been different incarnations of that. that uh, yeah. Um, so you're right. I think it's uh, another good opportunity to be involved in a high-level – Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, an international series where potentially you would not have um, outside of that. So that is all really good. Now, B, we obviously have to turn our minds to the grand final. Yes. Um, we are finally here, grand final week. It's very exciting. It's been um, a challenging year in lots of different ways for lots of different athletes, but these are the two teams that have stood, um, withstood all those challenges that have been thrown at them and both of probably the Swifts have had dealt with more adversity through this on yes. the surface than yeah, yeah. than the Lightning, but they have just been able to find a way to keep coming back and keep putting themselves um, in in with a chance, give yeah. themselves an opportunity, and they've done it again. And you mentioned it before. It's what stood out to me on the weekend was their patience. They're happy to pass the ball around forty times if they need to before they get it into the goal ring. They're happy to reset you know, to Katrina Rore on that transverse line all the time if they need to. And that's the thing that, you know, that's not an easy thing to teach, is it? Like it's not an easy thing for a team to be able to do. And we and you think it is, oh, you just have to throw on catch and make sure it gets there safely. But it's not because mentally you really have to have that control. And uh, Katrina Rore after the game said about, you know, they're going into the grand final with not – much experience in terms of grand final experience and that's what she saw part of her role was to try and step up and to try and support these girls that have not been in it before make sure that they understand what the occasion is all about not to get overwhelmed by it Um, but that's one thing that I think Bryony Akel's been very clever at is that they might not have the experience in these big games they might they've learned how to play under pressure when they have been under pressure but they've also learned to cover the gaps when they've had gaps and I think that's what a great team Mm. is when you have Helen be out for a few weeks you know when you have Maddie Proud who's you know clearly the heart and soul of that team when she's out with an ACL injury they seem to have been able to fill those gaps really well and that the team just carry on because they have that patient way of playing Mm. Um, and I just I think you know I I don't know how it's going to play out on Sunday Um, I hope the Swifts really take it to the Lightning the Lightning for me have just this X factor about them where they can play a unique style of game that you can't really prepare for. Um, that Laura Langman clearly is their barometer of that team. When she's up and about, they are flying. And she is up and about at the moment. Isn't she? She <laughs> is just out. she's in been playing well. Phenomenal form. And 
that's the scary thing that <laughs> whatever she does, I don't know whether you put three players on her just to try and slow her down. But, <laughs> tag her. Yeah, tag her on that court. I, yeah, she's a fa- I'd love to ask Lisa too what it's like preparing to coach mm. against a Laura Lagman. Um, you know, I think Lightning will win it. Um, and I will, and I'm pretty amazed to think that a team in this day and age can win it three times in a row if that's how it all plays out. I think that's, I can't, we can't underestimate how incredible, what an incredible feat that is. Yeah, particularly given the changes that have happened from if last year to this. <laughs> um, and, and that's the thing, we're, we're only predicting here, and, you know, we spend a bit of time on the Swifts given that um, prelim. Uh, performance that they put out but the the lightning have just been so incredibly strong all season Mm. um it's a bit of a different look for them last year they were hunting because they were coming from third position this year they've been able to sit back so it'll be interesting to see how they cope with that different mindset waiting for someone to come at them um you know we've mentioned uh laura langman uh laura sherian for me has been in an incredible player in this team she's slotted in very well and feeds that circle extreme she sees the space very very well um and her connection particularly with Kara Conan has been something that's been growing and as a young player Kara Conan has just been able to step up so well this year she signed she'd be one player I I would want I think that they have just yeah well when I say just signed I think (laughs) I don't think she was originally signed but I think that they quickly signed her um and rightly so because I think she is absolutely one to watch and she's shown that this year um, you know, from that defensive perspective, yes. you know, there, I mean, there's so much to like about what the Lightning does right across the court. Um, and, you know, I, I think if you look at the semi final and you look at the end result, you think, well, gee, the Lightning actually had it right over the Swifts. But that actually wasn't the case. Yeah. There was a small period of time in that third quarter where they got on top. But outside of that, it was a really tight game. So, I think some people are going into this game thinking the Lightning are just going to take this. I'm not so sure. Hey, I, I actually think that um, the the Swifts and the way they're approaching things and the it's kind of like something's galvanised them to bring them together. And I don't know. There's something about what they're doing, and and I think that they there's no pressure on them this weekend. No, I don't think. I and think that they'll be going up there with a lot of people with their eyes on the lightning. And as you, and you are right, because as we know, playing in grand finals, there's something about the spirit of the team that gets you through in the end, isn't yep. it? Like yep. that, that is one layer that does help you win a grand final when yep. you have that tight, connected unit and that you can push yourself through. Mm. Um, from a coaching perspective, Shaz, you are one of the only teams with the Vixens that have had a really convincing win against the lightning <laughs> and you beat them by, I think, 10 um, up in the sunny coast. Yes, that's right. And we were we were actually up by eleven. Yeah, I think, at half time, and they ran us down. Yeah. But yes, so, so game. what was it? Do you think that broke down their lineup in that game? Oh, that's a really good question. I think, um, I think we were able to use the spaces in their defense in their defensive structures well. So I think. Um, you know, Carla Pretorius is very good at floating off into space and, and reading the play. Um, and I think we took advantage of that um, with the way our goal attack played in that. So that was Tegan. She she had a really good couple of games against her and was able to exploit the fact that she had that space. Um, and from a defensive point of view, um, you know, there was some structures that were kind of set up around shutting down certain players yeah. that perhaps they weren't 
expecting. Yep. Um, and that disrupted their flow into attack. Yeah. So you have to disrupt them. You definitely have to disrupt <laughs> them. And look, I think it's it's certainly not easy. That's for sure. I mean, they they are both both of those teams are playing really well, and I think they've got um, they they're both quite patient. They don't like to give up the ball. So the challenge will be from a defensive perspective is to disrupt that and make it more difficult to control it. Okay, final tips. I'm going to go lightning by nine. Lightning by nine? You think it's going to be a big one? Um, I hope not because as a... Watching the game, <laughs> watching. I'm going to want to enjoy a really tight, close one, but I think it'll be lightning by nine. Yes, lightning by nine. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tip the upset. I, I think that it's gonna be I'm gonna it's gonna go to overtime. Woo! And yes. I think the the Swifts are just gonna get their nose over the line. Oh, just that. just so that it's a different different look <laughs> well, at it from the last. Well, two I hope years. If that's the case that everybody is gonna be watching. Absolutely, tune in. One and o'clock watch. game. On One o'clock Sunday? game on Sunday. So. Yeah. It will be huge. Will you be there, actually? Commentary? No, not commentating no. at all. Oh, not commentating. No. Need to be a Swifts player. <laughs> when I, I saw all the Swifts line up, I was like, wow, that's going to be exciting for them if the Swifts get over in double extra yes, time. That's, I think that's the commentary true. team will be wrapped That's true. Up. Kim Green... Coxie and Liz Ellis all past <laughs> Swiss players. No, cool. I'm actually doing Offsiders on ABC. So okay, great. We'll be good that we get to talk some netty on that show. Yes, enjoy that. Enjoy that. And we will enjoy our chat, as I mentioned before, with the Australian Diamonds Coast uh, coach, Lisa Alexander, who is coming up just after this. Welcome back to the Inner Circle podcast. As we mentioned before the break, we are very excited to have Lisa Alexander back on the podcast with us. Lisa, thanks for joining us. I know that you're a little bit pressed for time, so I'm going to jump straight into it. What has been uh, the thing that has impressed you most about the two teams that have made their way through to the grand final this year? Oh, I think particularly for the New South Wales Swifts, it's been the resilience of the team and their ability to, I guess, adapt their game style um, in pretty much all the challenges that they've had. Um, you know, they've had a couple of blips, but overall, um, you know, they're particularly their defence end, I think, um, against Vixen. Sorry, Shaz, but they <laughs> they just, particularly that first quarter, I that level of intensity and intent um, probably hadn't seen for a while. And it, and I think it took a while for Katrina Rory to, you know, find her groove with, with that group. But certainly they did in that match. And what about players, Lisa? Has there been any players in these two teams that have really stood out to you, that have really stood up this year and, and played differently to what you expected? Oh, well, certainly Paige Hadley has this year. She's taken her game to a whole new level and, you know, she was rewarded with selection in, you know, the Australian Diamonds World Cup team as well. And I think, you know, her season has been particularly consistent. Um, and she's got a great challenge this weekend coming up against Laura Langman, who we'll talk about in a moment, but, you know, it's just unbelievable the way she's playing. Um, and, you know, obviously Sarah Clow also, um, I think she had a bit of a quiet time when she got back from World Cup, but she seems to have got herself back into gear. And the other player that really impressed me on the weekend was Maddie Turner. I thought her game particularly uh, was a game... Tegan really disrupted the passes um, going down court, made just a suffocating defence for, for the Vixen. So, 
very, very impressed with her. And also Sophie Garbin, the way she's come on and impacted um, when she's been required to do that and then filling in when Helen was away, uh, sorry, not away, but injured. Um, I think, you know, that goes to show that, you know, the coaching team at the Swiss have really worked hard to, to make sure they're a very, very strong 10. Um, and sometimes that can be the difference uh, between a win and a loss is just making sure you've got that group that really get on, do their job for the team. And they certainly did that on the weekend. Well, of course, and we, if we turn our minds to the Lightning, the Sunshine Coast Lightning, they also have that flexibility, particularly in that goal shooting circle. And I think that that is, um, ha- has been a real feature of their game and is a real strength for them going into this final, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. And, you know, now turning our attention to the Lightning, I think they've been more consistent than they've ever been over their, you know, three seasons of, of being as a club. Uh, this year they've been really, really consistent with their systems. And you can see that group, and I think they called them the Fab Five, who were back at um, back at home from World Cup, working away at their game and, and making sure they were physically ready for that second part of the season. And they've just been seamless, um, you know. And then I think, you know, Laura Langman's game has gone to another level. Steph Wood's been very, very consistent. And, you know, they've been able to pull the strings with Cara Conan and Peace as well um, in that shooting end, which has just given them great variability, unpredictability. And it's really hard to set your defence against that, you know, variation that they have. And you talk about Laura Langman and it's hard not to talk about her because she has had such a phenomenal year and she is such a pivotal player in that team. You know, at least you've coached against her a lot um, with the Diamonds. You know, what do you tell your centre player going out there to take her on? How do you coach against a player like Laura Langman? Look, it's really hard. She has her own little moves and... uh... You know, one of the areas we identified last year was this little area. She was using a dead space area um, in the top of the uh, the goal third. And we really worked hard on that um, with our unit defence on the outside with the Diamonds. We obviously tried to do that as well as we could in the World Cup final as well. Um, but, you know, she has, she has literally taken her game to another level. She has that ability to... Uh, she's making less mistakes. Um, on court with even the pressure of what she's having to do Um, and you know she's in command of things I think she's got her mind body together that connection of of being able to make those decisions at the right time if I reflect back on the coaching that I've done against her you know been up against her over the years and it's been a long time that was one of the key areas that she could always exploit was her you know not not willing to give away the, you know, put the high ball in. Mm. You had hands in front of her, you disrupt her. But look, she's being able to take her skill level to a whole new level and really work on the strengths that she has as a player. And I think she's done that so well. And obviously, Nolene and Kylie at the Lightning have coached that very well as well. Yeah, and, and she does have that ability. And I, I think that that is something that has really grown in her game as well. The other Laura. In the Lightning group, Laura Sherian, um, I think has had a really big impact on that too. I, I, I look at um, Laura Langman and we all talk about her and the amazing things that she does. But gee, Laura Sherian has been impressive this year. Yeah, she's just been the rock there. She's just been the beautiful yin and yang of that combination. It, it actually, the first game, I thought, oh, you know, the season, this is going to take a while. But actually, it was back in on song the very next week. 
Um, Laura's been able to manage that balance of, of impacting herself in the attack end at the right times and not to take up that space and to be there if, if needed, if, if Laura's not there. So, you know, it's, it's been a great partnership between the two of them over the season. Uh, Laura Sherian's game and her skill is just has gone again to another level, I think, and the way she sees the pass into the circle is she is really at the top of her game there. And another combination, I think, that we've really seen step up. And, you know, I always watch this end of the court and that's the defensive end and Carla Pretorius and Marwini and how they've combined together. But also now we see them re-sign for next year. Um, what what are your thoughts on that, Lise? Because we've spoken a lot about the imports and how many imports we should be allowed in each team. Does that excite you to see them back in Super Netball or are you still concerned about the number of imports that each team can have? Oh, look, as the national coach, of course I am, B. Um, I'm on record as saying that, and I'm like a broken record about it. Um, <laughs> when I first came in and, and had, you know, my ability to influence, which was back when the SSN um, was coming in, I, one of our recommendations from our high-performance unit was for two imports per team. <clears throat> that hasn't changed. Um, but as a netball fan and a person that appreciates the global nature of netball and how important that is as well. Um, I think it's fantastic. I love watching those two play together. The way that Pumza has really improved this year is amazing and it just goes to show with that constant uh, intensity of practice and the ability to really get into that high-performance training environment, how much she's improved this year uh, in the latter stages probably of her career. And then the combination of the two together um, and how they've taken on the mental challenge of the discipline that's required um, in a defence end in an Australian competition as well. They've really got that right. They've pushed the boundaries in the right way and the umpires are very happy with them, although you would have thought at the start of the year they were probably getting more heavily penalised. They've really worked on that. And, um, you know, they're doing some great work, great anticipation, and, and it's a joy to watch. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Oh, definitely. And and you know what else has been a joy for me to watch it has been the Swifts defensive circle, Maddie Turner and Sarah Clow, both young defenders who are finding their feet but have found this, you know, unique little combination and the way that they play together. And, and I think at one stage they, you know, it tried Katrina Rore in goalkeeper and shuffled it all around a little bit. But for me, if, if I was coaching Swiss, I think it's those two young defenders because you just don't know what they can give in that circle and they keep surprising us every time they get out there. Yeah, and they have actually been playing together since they were juniors. So watching them grow up together has been a great privilege from my perspective as a national coach when back in the day I think I watched them at junior nationals South Australia playing for the 19 and unders and so they've had that really instinctive understanding of what each other is going to do and you can't buy that as you know Bea. it mm. t- takes time over seasons and you know each of them individually has really worked very hard on their game obviously Sarah has um, enormously since she got that taste of being in the squad um, being an invitee last year with the Diamonds and I think Maddie Turner's really put some work in in this back end of the season because she wants to have, you know, she wants to show her individual improvement as well. And I think that's going to add to their ability in the future. Definitely, it's very exciting. 
Lisa, you mentioned before the constant intensity uh, that this competition brings uh, and on the weekend we'll likely see 50% of the players out on court will be international players. Uh, and I and I know that as a as a an international coach that is challenging for you because it maybe restricts some of the opportunities but surely as a high performance vehicle as well having those better players there is great for your players too because they are playing in that constant intensity that perhaps we wouldn't have if we had those restrictions on the imports. Yeah, of course, and that goes without saying. But again, that what it does from my perspective is give the opposition a competitive advantage as well. So if you're looking at it purely from the point of view of Australia versus other countries, those countries are getting that a competitive advantage of playing in the world's best competition. But it is what it is. That's exactly as you're saying, Sherelle. So, you know, at the end of the day, our players are also getting challenged by that. It gives them, um, you know, a fantastic platform to show their skills and to really work on the improvements in their own game and be challenged by that. So, you know, it's it's the next big step that we need to take as a country, how we're going to manage that change into the future. Mm. And as you said, it's pretty exciting. Now, before we go on to what's ahead for the Diamonds, Lisa, who wins it on Sunday? Look, I'm going to go with the Lightning. Um, I just think they've got strengths in their combination in their seven across the court. But, you know, Swifts will push them all the way and I'm going for Lightning by two. Ooh, a tight one. We can all (laughs) just hope for that. Lisa, one of the um, really impressive things about the Sunshine Coast Lightning has been uh, the change in personnel. They lost some extremely talented players last year and have been able to cover for that very, very well, which is not easy to do. You'll have a little bit of that work to do in the Australian Diamonds too with Kelsey Brown unfortunately out with that injury and April Branley recently announcing her pregnancy. What are the sort of things that you try to put in place um, to make that transition and players coming in and out smooth? Well, again, it's our squad nature. It's, it's having those players in our squad that have worked with us over this previous, you know, two years, come in, even as the invitees, coming into that environment, working, knowing and understanding the way we have to play. It's an enormous challenge now to reset to international rules. The 15-minute quarters bring us a big challenge. Uh, We haven't got that opportunity to change momentum. So we have to have players that have that ability to adapt and change, show leadership and are able to take risks and read the game during those 15-minute quarters. So that's what we're really looking for as selectors. And we've been very fortunate, particularly in this back end of the, the season, to see some great, you know, some really great players really pushing for those positions. And that's exciting. What is coming up for the Diamonds? What is the priority? And obviously there's an Australia A team being picked. When do we know about the team selections and who's playing where? Well, we will find out. Uh, we're actually doing all of our selections after the grand final on the Monday with myself and the selectors. And the athletes will know very, very close after that. And then after that period, the announcement of the teams will be on Thursday. Okay. So it's very exciting. Sorry, forgive me. The announcement of the Diamonds will be on the Thursday. The Australian A will be announced the following week. 
Okay, well, it's I mean, it's certainly exciting times. And I guess on the back of the experience for, for the Diamonds over the last couple of years in, in the Commonwealth Games and the World Cup, um, Lisa, we saw some different approaches to how you tackled um, getting through those major tournaments. How do you approach this next period of time with the Diamonds? Is it uh, about putting the, the best team out there you possibly can or are we trying to blood some new players through this period? Uh, it has to be both, uh, Sherelle. It always is, actually, because if you, you've got to be on that continuous journey of evolution of your team and, and how we play, because otherwise the opposition will catch up to us, and they have. Um, so to stay ahead of the game, you've got to do a bit of predicting about what we need in the future, but you've also got to be conscious of the now. And so we will be, and we are every time, and this Constellation Cup we're setting out to win. Uh, we want to win at four zips. But we also need that ability to be able to put those players um, into the group that are going to be a big part of what we're doing over the next four years. So it's a very big balancing act. You've got to do it all. You've got to win. Plus, you've also got to put those new players in to start learning about the systems and what we need to do as a team and a high-performance system to keep moving forward and stay ahead of the rest. Well, very good, and I like that intensity around the four zip. I will very much like to see that. Um, Lisa, there was obviously a lot of talk around the World Cup, the timing of that, the approach to how players were re-entering Super Netball. How do you feel like the Diamonds players in particular handled that and, and came back into the system after what was a, an incredibly intense time at the World Cup? Yeah, look, I think, you know, we've never experienced it before, really. Um, and so I'd have to say I'd give them a pass mark for how they handled it, everybody. Um, you know, I know that every, you know, there were people that did struggle with it individually, but it's a learning experience for all of them. Um, and I think if you asked all the players from different countries as well, they would have said the same thing. So um, whilst it wasn't perfect, we all knew what, what had to be done and I think it was handled as well as it possibly could under the circumstances. Lise, I um, want to get your thoughts on this just before we let you go and get on your plane. <laughs> um, you know, we saw close up a conversation between Rob Wright and Kelsey Brown on the sidelines. From a coach's perspective, what was your take on that? Because obviously everyone on social media has their say and you know, none of us are coaches like yourself and have had all that experience. So as a coach, how did you take that situation? Look, it, it wasn't... Um, sometimes things like that happen in high-performance games and the intensity and emotion that goes on. It's not ideal. And I think Rob said that afterwards. Mm. He would have preferred to have done it differently. All of us in a high-performance uh, level and qualification of coaching would be aiming not to what lose our cool, I suppose and, you know, say anything that was going to be detrimental to the athlete. Um, and, you know, Rob said that straight away. So in the ideal world, you wouldn't be saying something like that at the end of it where, you know, I don't need this or whatever it is that he said. Um, but there was a level of accountability around Kelsey's performance and honesty and feedback that is actually desired by the athlete. So it's a matter of getting that right in terms of how you say it and the way you say it as well. So, um, you know, the timing was perfect. It had to be said, but not necessarily the extra words in, you know, about his emotional state at the time. However, can I say completely understandable, given what, you know, Rob's been going through 
and also Kelsey, yeah. appreciating what she was going through too, coming back, wanting to perform well, being really disappointed that we lost by one goal with the Diamonds. You know, that, that was a, a big disappointment for her. And then having to quickly switch back into Magpies was a really tough gig. And, um, you know... Both of them, I think, if they had their time again, would have approached it a little bit differently. Mm, it was a, a fascinating and very layered kind of interaction and it was... Good kind to get of, a coach's view on it, though. Uh, yeah. Because we haven't really delved into it in that direction. Yeah, no. So thank, thanks for your thoughts on that, Lisa. And, yeah, and look, I, I'm supportive of both of them. You know, yeah, I know it's, it's been extremely tough for, for, for Rob. If you think about the circumstances that we're on at that time, Knowing a bit, I knew a little bit more about some of the stresses that he was been under personally at that time. People don't know those sorts of things, so we have to be really careful about how critical we are at times yeah. about people reacting in certain ways. And if we're purely looking at it from a textbook coaching point of view, yes, what I've said is correct. We would ideally not be saying those sorts of things and have that level of emotion there. That's all. Yes, absolutely. And and sometimes, you know, when we are seeing people perform in these high performance and elite environments, we just simply don't know the backstories. No, that's right. And so you, you get a very small snippet of what's going on. So I think we were all very mindful of kind of um, taking that into consideration when, when talking about that. Um, Lisa, it's been great to chat and get your thoughts on, on what's coming up. I, I think you've had a little bit of time off and away from things, but uh, no doubt you'll be getting into things very, very strongly very soon. So, oh, Well, I have to say I have been into it very strongly for the past month, Sherelle, and we're also doing our review of the campaign plan and also our system review. So there's a lot of work to be done, but we've got this Constellation Cup that's going to be really exciting. I think we've sold out, nearly sold out in Perth, which is amazing. Um, we've got more tickets to sell in Sydney, but obviously there's a really heightened interest about Australia and New Zealand, which is great. Absolutely. Make sure you get out and get your tickets, everybody, if you want to go and watch those oh, games. Yeah, definitely. And Perth Arena, gee, it's such a great stadium to play at. So playing in front of a sellout crowd uh, will be fantastic. So, Lisa, you mentioned the review. You're still That's still a process you're going through? Oh, yes, it is. And it's a normal – It's a, you know, not normal, but it's a part of what we do as a high-performance program. Um, and, you know, we will be making sure we communicate that once we're finished, but we're doing it as – thoroughly as we possibly can um, and it's been a great thing already we've you know certainly learned a few things that we will be putting into practice for Constellation Cup as well which is great. Yeah and already some, the, something's come out of that with that player welfare space already Netball Australia have announced uh, greater in investment um, and resourcing into that area which uh, is to be congratulated by everyone involved because uh, it's certainly a space that we need to continue to get better in. Lisa, thank you so much once again for joining us. Um, and maybe if we're back next season, I'm not sure if we are, Bianca, but uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting again, Lisa. Thanks thanks I, very much. I think, I think you will be. I think it's been very popular and um, from what I can gather and very insightful and people have appreciated it very much. So well done to you too. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lisa. And thank you for adding to that with your insights. Lisa Alexander, the coach of the Australian Diamonds.
Fantastic, as always, to talk to the Australian Diamonds coach, Lisa Alexander, um, and get her thoughts around that uh, grand final coming up. I and know, I love her honesty. It's good, isn't it? Yes, but it is good. She's tipping the lightning, uh, but probably not the international players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she doesn't want to brag for them, which is fair enough, which is fair enough. Now, I'm very much looking forward to the grand final. I mean, it's a bit of an interesting one when you uh, are not uh, in involved in a team and you kind of fall short. It's a bit of a weird feeling, but I'm certainly looking forward to the contest ahead. Is it easier taking it as a coach than a player? Uh, Do you like no. all these questions without notice? No, I don't think it's easier. Um, it's different. It's very different because, you know, uh, your roles are different and you obviously have a very different influence on the game in, yeah. in the two different roles. Um, but... Yes, I wouldn't describe it as easy. No, okay. that is not how I would describe okay. it, Bianca. <laughs> well, I hope you're feeling better soon, Cheryl. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. And um, as I said, we'll very much look forward to, to that um, grand final. And uh, if anyone's listening in still, please give us a rating. You can catch us on Spotify. Bianca, I don't know if you know that. Well, I, yeah. I, I never, you, I did, you smacked me I down last smack week for da- saying that. And then I'm like, oh, God, I don't know. And no, everyone's like, Cheryl, you, you actually can. Yeah, sorry. So, Thanks for Spotify, the on iTunes, <laughs> on the RSN website. So get onto it and give us uh, your rating if you would like. I think we are still sitting on uh, about around about 230 ratings, um, 229 five star, <laughs> one four star. Uh, it's not sticking in our side at all, that four star rating. Um, but thanks for joining us. Uh, well, thanks for joining us once again. And uh, we'll be back with you next week. Happy grand final day, everyone.